Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What happens when a popular rock radio DJ retires, sells everything, and with his wife, takes off in an RV to see America? Ho, ho, ho! It's the Rockin' the RV Life podcast with Jeff and Patty. Join them each week as they share their experiences while giving you advice and tips along the way. Hi, I'm Jeff. And I'm Patty. Welcome to our show. It's football season, and I don't have to tell you that RVing and football go hand in hand. It sure does, especially with tailgating and cooking food. Mm-hmm. And why do you think they put TV screens on the outside of RVs? <laughs> it's only for football. Mm-hmm. Hey, this week, a really good friend of mine has a story to tell you about how he threw a touchdown pass to rock star Meatloaf, raised a son who became an NFL quarterback. Yep, and he became an amazing tailgating chef. Plus, he has a solution for people who live in an RV or a home with too many old photos and videos laying around. We all have that problem, don't we? Yep, we sure do. Mm -hmm. This is an amazing story of my good friend Axel Hoyer and the the behind-the-scenes details of NFL quarterback Brian Hoyer's rise to prominence. Axel, welcome to our podcast. Well, I'm privileged and humbled to be here in this beautiful house that's got wheels on it and moves around the country. And it's right. great to be here. Well, thank oh, you thank very you. much. Now, it's really interesting. You were just telling me a story that you and your wife, you guys have been married, what, 40 years? 40 years. And she would love an RV and travel around America. But man, that is not your forte. You were saying what you did the Appalachian Trail and <laughs> we know we went up we went to the Adirondacks oh, up okay. in New York right. with a buddy of mine back in seventy four or something like right. that. I don't know. We were we were hiking, you know. The water's cold. Right. My sleeping bag comes up to my chest. That's because Axe is six foot six inches tall. Right. That's right. You know, mm-hmm. and so it was like Whose idea was this? Right. And, then, <laughs> and then we're eating spam and reading, and then we upgraded ourselves to potted ham. You ever seen that? It's terrible. The big thing was to climb Mount Marcy, which is the highest point in New York right. State. We climb, we get all the way to the top, everything is fogged in. We can't even see. Well, luckily you saw far enough not to jump off or something like that, but you know, right. you couldn't see more than 100 feet. Yeah. Climb back down, and the next day was beautiful. I'm going, when can we get out of here? You know? <laughs> <laughs> we went to Jersey, and I took a hot bath and a shower and a hot bath and had myself a big steak, and that's the extent of my camping. I Nowadays, understand. unless it says Radisson or Hyatt or Hilton. Yeah. But you have a product that people who RV or uh, have downsized can use, and we'll get to that coming up. Mm -hmm. But it's really interesting. You and I go way back. You were a character on my radio show, and we just had a whole lot of fun. And then there was that time when Meatloaf came to town, (laughs) the famous musician, the famous singer, and wanted to play some football. And it was the record company guys against the radio station well, and guys. Well, you were playing on our touch football team that year. Right. You know, mm-hmm. he, he, Jeff says, hey, 
Saturday morning, we're playing the record guys down at Edgewater Park. Right. I want you to come and play. I go, okay. So I go down there. And we need you as quarterback because you got, (laughs) you're the German rifle. (laughs) I was the original Hoyer rifle. Right. You want to call it that. But, but, you know, uh, I'm driving down Edgewater and I have this blue Kenyan college jersey on. Right. Friend of mine, his dad was a college, was a head coach at Kenyan College. All right, so we'll get down there. And as I'm coming down Edgewater, all the record guys, they're running plays. They got these shirts, beat the buzzard. Off to the left there is Jeff and Kid Leo throwing the football like two kids in the street. Yeah. I go, God, what is going to happen here? I don't know. You know? <laughs> so I get down. I'm the third guy there, and I start throwing the football. And Leo goes, you're playing quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Okay. (laughs) And I remember the record guys are looking at you going, whoa, 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 wait a minute, who's this guy? And uh, so so we were killing them, 28 to nothing or something like that, right? Yeah. I don't know if I noticed, but in our huddle at center was Meatloaf. And so... He didn't uh, want to play with the record guys. He wanted to play with the radio guys. He would say, you know, I'm a big guy. But I can run fast. Well, they don't know this. Well, well. so anyway, this guy calls the play, right? I go, okay, I don't think it's going to work, but we go. So I go out, they hike the ball, and I go to the left, and he throws me the ball. And I look down the field, and there's this head of hair chugging down the middle of the field like right. a banshee, you know, like, like a, a bat out of hell. <laughs> like, yeah, a bat out of hell. <laughs> and so I go, well, what the heck, you know? I took it, I threw the ball, it was about 40 yards. He caught it in mid-stride, runs into the touchdown. The place goes nuts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we're all excited, you know, and I'm standing there, and all of a sudden he comes running back. He goes, man, man, that was great. Yeah. Where'd you play, Penn State? I go, no, I didn't play Penn State. <laughs> but that was, yeah, it was one of the highlights. And then, you know, we, we played together against Michael Stanley. Yeah, that's right. That was the year of the Indian strike, mm-hmm. or the baseball strike, and we played – you know, we had some ringers there. We had Joe yeah. Charbonneau and Lenny Barker. Yeah, and, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and Paul Warfield was there, and so yeah, yeah it was my. Uh, Those are good my times. Debut oh, there, man. and probably the last touchdown pass they were through. So. But, you know, you got married. You had uh, four kids. Your first son is Brian. Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer, yeah. Who is an NFL quarterback to this day? He's playing in New England. He's had quite a career. I tease that he's got that seasonal job. You know what I mean? It's probably working at Cedar Point or in reverse. (laughs) But the good thing about it is he can pay his cell phone bill. And let me tell you, prior to all that, they were pretty high. Yes, I bet they were. Back in the old days of roaming and stuff like that. But yeah, no, Brian's. So you have. Back with the Patriots again. You have some kids. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Brian obviously has an arm. And when did you notice that uh, he could play football? Well, you know, he was, you know, I got three guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got Brian, Brett, Matt, and then my daughter's Lauren. Mm -hmm. How many years apart are they? Okay, so Brian and Brett are two and a half years. Uh Brian's eight years older than Matt and nine years older than Lauren. And so Brian is one of those kids right from the beginning coordinated the whole deal, you know. And baseball really was his big sport for a long time mm-hmm. you know and he'd be, he'd be with his buddy in the cul-de-sac and they're playing home run derby i go brian how come you're the only guy batting all the time he goes well dad da, da, da. but he was a great baseball player and we did all travel baseball with all three of them you know and uh you know and i was a late bloomer in lakewood i you know 
I understand that. Yeah. Well, and so, you know, back then, you know, Mr. McKay wanted me to play first base, and I go, well, that's probably not a good idea. But anyway, you know, I'm 6'6", six, six, and I grew and all that, and played basketball in college and stuff right. like that. But I was the youngest. My birthday's late November, mm-hmm. and everyone's kind of older, and I started school when I was four. You know, nowadays they hold you back three years or something like that, you know, so right. you, athletically for boys it's always a big thing. But anyway... Brian was exceptional right from the beginning. He could dribble a basketball and he could throw and stuff like this. And so, you know, but I didn't, I, I told him, you got great initials for BH, be humble. Mm-hmm. Because he was always one of the best guys in his age bracket. You know, it's just kind of like, oh, is he good enough in North Olmsted? Is he good enough on the West Side? You know, and right. you go through that progression because I was not going to be one of those dads that, you know, brag too much. I coached him in sixth grade football. And he goes, Dad, well, I don't know if we can run this play. You know, I'm talking to the guys. I said, go take a lap. You know what I mean? He was not, <laughs> not going to be, he was not going to get, you know, special privilege. You know? Right. But it just progressed on from there and, you know, went to Ignatius and played for Coach Kyle, who's right. retiring this year. And yeah, great it's guy. A, it's a great guy. And then went on to Michigan State. And Now, how did you get connected with Michigan State? Because he became the starting quarterback for Michigan State. Well, yeah, State. you know, you go through the recruiting process, you know, and we were going to camps and all that. We were, we were at Ohio State, Michigan, you know. We were at Michigan eight times. Wow. They never offered, you know. But Michigan State changed coaches, and he had had a guy from St. Ignatius named Dave Ragone, and mm. who was actually a Heisman candidate one time at Louisville. Wow. So these coaches had developed a relationship with St. Ignatius, you know, the, they go out and check all the high schools out and all that. And long story short, he was that was his first offer in Michigan State. Wow. And, you know, the rest is history there, which includes many visits to Dagwoods, a great place to eat. Well, <laughs> one thing <laughs> that's a, how that happened. a lot of people <laughs> don't know is you are like a professional tailgater. <laughs> and you would get there, what, at 6 in the morning? Well, it was kind of like a friend of mine, when Brian was a senior, you know, Ignatius was in the playoffs and a couple years before that, we just, you know, we had these people. Well, let's go to this sports bar. Let's go to that sports bar and all that kind of stuff. And this one friend of mine, Mike Einan, goes, screw that, we're going to go tailgate. I go, okay, what does that mean? You know, and yeah. I didn't have, we didn't have anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I didn't have anything. And so I, my first grill was this hot plate George Foreman thing. I saw a giant eagle, you know, and the burners were really small, you know, and, I would get these bratwurst down at the West Side Market, right. and they would be so thick. It's like, man, people are looking to eat these things. They're taking forever, you know. And so I started being the communications guy for the Ignatius families. That led to being become more and more an expert, you know, and I would go look at parking lots and find places to do that and upgrade my grills. And, you know, it just kind of went on from there. And uh, So you're cooking food. And then everybody's coming to you to get the food. Well, what, is everybody yeah, what, you know, you get there early, you set up your own little stand. Sure. You know, I was always big on grilling, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then it grew. I mean, and everybody you, else kind of yeah, comes other, too. You know, they come and, they you know, you want to be all welcoming to everybody. Like right. Ignatius football, they got 100 guys on the team. Yeah. Now, when I say I had three sons, I had a starter, I had a backup, and I had a semi starter, oh you know. Gosh. And those backups, sometimes they don't get in the game for more than three or four plays, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of those things. But, we tried to make the tailgate all inclusive, mm-hmm. and people loved it. You know, they came and they would bring things. 
my mom would make potato salad, you know, and it was great, you know. And they go, oh, Oma's here, and this tastes so good, and all that, you know. And, and then I have this German mustard that I would bring, and, you know, it just kind of grew. Back then, we didn't have any tents or anything. You go to Ignatius Tailgate, and it's like Tent City. They got tents and big grills and, right. and things like that. And that whole tailgating thing is just... It's been around a long time now, but it's really a whole industry in itself. You know, portable grills sure and, is. Yeah. and those kind of things. Yeah, you go to an Ohio State football game, oh my and God. there's more fun outside the stadium well, than when you walk in. Well, the, our first <laughs> biggest game we went to, we were Brian was getting recruited by Michigan, and so we went up there. You know, you don't realize it. There's two main roads into Ann Arbor. And so, you know, we go, and there's people tailgating and watch the game. And, you know, after the game, the recruits all visit the coaches. You know, it's like after 6 o'clock or something, like that, we're leaving the, the stadium. There's still people out there tailgating. Right, yeah. I go, don't they need to go home and mow the lawn or something like that? I mean, <laughs> they're too drunk. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a few of that going on. The yeah. problem is you can't get out of there. You've no. got 112,000 people in the stadium, yeah. uh-huh. and there's only two main roads out. Oh, and, yeah. you know, we've been there, sat, you know, took oh, forever yeah. to get out. But, you know, the whole tailgate, it became, it, it's just a fun thing, you know, and yeah. especially with parents of kids on a team. You know, I've been in the rain. I've been in the snow. There's a story. We were up to, with my other son, we were up in Erie, PA. No, Buffalo. And it's it's really windy and right. all that, you know. And people, we, we took the bus up. I'm not a bus guy. I go, okay, I'll go on the bus. And we have all our equipment underneath. And we pull in, and no one's getting out. You know, it's kind of spitting a little bit. It's windy. I go, well, I'm in my best John Wayne. Well, let's go. Come you know, on. Yeah. I, I get out, you know, and get the grill going. They're protecting my the grill with an umbrella and all that. And we, you know, you just get through it, you know. Yeah. But and, and that kind of led to Bratwurst Productions, you know, mm-hmm. because I was we were tailgating, you know, when Brian was on playing, you know, I would tape everything on TV. And mm-hmm. then I put a tape together. And then by the time we got to Michigan State, DVRs came out, right? right? Yeah. On your cable and you know, and I start compiling all the stuff, you know, like all the interviews from the team and all that, and make a DVD, which I sold to parents, and it was under Bratwurst Productions, you know, <laughs> for my tailgating, you know, but they would, they'd have a whole week of almost four hours of Michigan State football. That's so. excellent. <laughs> and you had money to buy the tailgating. It was yeah. tailgating, you know, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, and that was a... His senior year was when gas really j- jumped up that time, uh-huh. you know, and I'd be calculating out, okay, we have to go to Northwestern. First mm-hmm. off, I had to find a place where we're going to tailgate. Right. I should get a royalty check from some elementary school in Ann Arbor because when you're the visiting team, you don't get to park right next to the stadium. Oh, you know, no. You're, you're not a donor right. or something like that. Yeah. So. You're park in Indiana. And the other, <laughs> and, well, and the other thing, too, is sometimes, you know, some of those places require a two-night stay. Mm-hmm. Well, right. we would stay out, like, 60 miles away and drive in, you know, because you're not staying overnight in Penn State or whatever. So one time, we got to play in Michigan, and I'm looking around for a place, and so what you had to, what you found out was churches and schools would rent their parking lots. Oh, that's right. So anyway, I find the school, you know, a couple blocks away from the stadium in, in Ann Arbor, and I call them up, and I go, well, do you rent your parking lot out? Oh, you have to talk to the PTA. So I t- talk to the PTA. Well, do you guys do that? Well, we've never done that. I go, well, we're willing to pay 25 bucks a car. You know, we'll have a flyer, and only people with a flyer will get in. 
I think they made like four hundred dollars that day. They've been charging ever since that time back in two thousand nine. Oh my god! You know, but they weren't even doing it. You right. know, so but you know, we did that tailgate. It was fun. You have camaraderie and you live and die with what goes on with the field. But you know, it's all interesting to see how people become creative in cooking and mm. things like that. You know, so so Brian did fantastic at Michigan in Lansing. Then draft day came, right? Draft day comes. You go through the process of, of, you know, can your kid be one of these guys? Right. And he got invited to the combine and got an agent and all that kind of stuff. And you must have been, like, just super excited. Well, I was always, I was excited and cautious, mm-hmm. you know, because he, these are things beyond your control. And right. You hope so. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, one of the top guys, you know, but at the same point in time, you don't know what's all going to happen. So long story short, a week before the draft, he was at, he was up at ESPN and, you know, did a bunch of shows and they interviewed him and all this and, you know, forthcoming drafts, senior quarterback, Brian Hoyer. And he comes back and he says, you know, Dad, ESPN wants to send a camera crew out to our house Sunday morning for the draft. I go, well, what do you think? He goes, well, I guess it's okay, but what if I don't get drafted? I go, well, I don't know. They would have to think a little bit about that, you know, send it out there. Okay, so the guy comes. They get there at 7.30 in the morning, Sunday morning. Wow. And they parked out in the cul-de-sac. You now, know? where were you living at the time? In North Olmsted. North we're still, Olmsted. Where we still live. Okay. So everybody on the block must be like, whoa. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, it's a truck like this, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And then they're running cables, and the draft started like at 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, and they have a camera, you know, they got one guy in the truck and one uh, cameraman, right? And he's sitting in the corner. He sat there all day. Brian doesn't get drafted. You know, every round pick is in. And what happens is the NFL, like if you're one of these guys, they send out hats, like some of the teams who might draft you. Right. You know, I mean, some of the guys, you know, they know exactly. But, I mean, we had had about 10, 12 hats. You know, they sent them all hats from the Broncos and Carolina. And and, uh, I don't think the Browns. But, anyway, it was just a bunch of teams. So, you don't, you know, when they call you up, you know, we're, you're going to be a whatever. And then if they show you on TV, you got to put the hat on. Right, you put the hat And he had a deal with Reebok. Well, I only mention it because, you know, there were a couple of cut-ins where he had to make sure, you know, he was getting some money. You know, he had a Reebok logo on him. Nice. Yeah, it goes and starts, you know. And he had, you know, a couple of teams that said, yeah, well, like Carolina, I just remember he said, yeah, you're going to like Charlotte, right? One round, next round, more and more rounds, and now you're getting into the later rounds. Right, nothing's happening. Wow, you know. And as a parent, you know, I would, you know, you'd see on the screen, pick us in, and da 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 da, and so and so pick so and so, and you look over there, and you want to look, and then, you know, long story short, didn't get drafted. Mm-hmm. And the poor guy in the camera, he's sitting in the camera. I don't think he went to the bathroom. He was there. He sat there all day. Wow. Just waiting. Uh-huh. And so uh, he doesn't get drafted. And it's kind of like, you know, as a parent, you want your kid, you know, to enjoy the best things of his life. And all sure. That. Absolutely. So you're disappointed there. You're wondering what happened and all this kind of stuff. And my mom... My mom, we were sitting outside, and Mel Kuyper is one of the draft guys. She goes, I hate this guy. <laughs> you know, And so uh, he kind of comes out, and, and teams call players you know, in the later rounds. Well, if you're still around, we're going to offer you a free agent contract or right. something like that. 
And Brian comes out. He goes, Dad, you know, the Patriots called, and they offered me a, a, a thing. I go, yeah, sounds good to me. I'm not even thinking mm-hmm. Tom Brady or who's the quarterbacks there. Or, or I just, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, you know, it's kind of, you know, you don't think about it. You just want your kid to be part of the thing. Even, right. it's kind of like if everybody, he had prom, right? And you're hoping your kid's going to go to prom. But even if we, even if they show the TV, you know, like so-and-so is going to prom, you want that to happen because that's the thing. Well, that doesn't happen. So you you know you go through all that. How was Brian? Was he really down? Yeah, he was. You know, it was one of his. You know, yeah, a tough day. You yeah. know, kind of his aspirations and all. You work so hard and all that. And I've learned over time now that he said, you know, when he was in school and elementary school, that he wanted to be a football player and all that kind of stuff. But that becomes what your goal is, right? You know? mm-hmm. And and then, and now as a preferred, you know, as a free agent, that doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you get drafted. Or whatever, you still got to make the team, right? You know? And and actually, when Brian got hurt playing for the Browns, Bill Belichick reached out to us and said, you know, Brian was great. We loved him here. We wish him the best, except when he plays us. You know right. I mean? Exactly. But yeah, no, it was a, it was quite the thing. And now, fourteen years later, he still got that seasonal job. You know. Yeah. So, so he went to New England and he met Tom Brady. He met Belichick. Belichick loved him. You know, he was he got there. And I remember reading somewhere, uh, some media guy said, well, Brian Hoyer, that's a name we won't know in six weeks. Wow. So he gets there, there's three other quarterbacks. Three? Uh, Yeah, there were three other quarterbacks that they had outside of Tom Brady. Well, maybe it was just two. Mm -hmm. Well, the one, they traded to Kansas City. Mm -hmm. The other guy got cut, and they 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 traded another guy, a five-year veteran. And in the end, Brian was... Just him and Tom Brady. Wow, and wow. Uh, you know, and he and Tom Brady are great friends, and mm-hmm. and uh, they're competitive and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it was kind of and, a- and actually Tom Brady. I mean, a lot of people don't like him, or whatever. But his roommate in college was from Rocky River. Oh, no kidding! A guy named Pat Kratis. And so when I go up there, Brian gets married the next year, and I got the wedding presents. So I deliver him in training camp time. So it gives me a trip you know, out there. Uh-huh. And so he comes over and, hey, Mr. Hoyer, how are you? And how's Coach Kyle? Wow. Because, you know, there was a story he used to wear an Ignatius football shirt underneath his Michigan thing. But a nice guy. Talked for 20 minutes and Belichick came over and stuff like that. So, you know, there's a personal and the public side of a lot of things. And Belichick's always been, you know, you know, he's reached out. He reached out when, you know, Brian got hurt and all that kind of stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, Brian and uh, and Tom Brady always had a little wager going on, didn't they? Michigan, Michigan State. Yep. <laughs> because Brady went to Michigan. Brian Hoyer went to uh, Michigan State. Mm-hmm. They had a competition for accuracy. Well, they would. There were two things. Number one, they'd always bet on the Michigan, Michigan State game. Right. And whenever Brian was there, Michigan State won. Ooh. And one time. <laughs> So the other guy had to wear a shirt, you know. So Tom's got a Michigan State shirt on, and in his in his locker there was a Michigan State hat. 
and the, and the reporters uh, he goes no this wasn't part of the deal and he throws the hat away you know but in training camp they used to put a garbage can in the end zone mm-hmm. and they would throw from 30 or 40 years out you know who could get the ball in the bucket and Brian would win a lot they'd bet some money on the deal you know and so he would always win and they're always competitive and then one day I guess Brady finally paid up or something like that but no they're great friends and, and oh, that's he's, good. Uh, he's been you know, whenever Brian, you know, obviously he's had a career in a couple of different places, but they're good friends. So, well, I'll tell you, I remember when uh, when Brian was uh, with the Cleveland Browns, and it was a magical time because here's a guy from a suburb of Cleveland, and he's the quarterback for the Browns, and he engineered one of the biggest comebacks against the Steelers. Well, actually, we beat the Steelers for a first time at home. Mm-hmm. You know when Brian was playing, so right. they had beaten, they had won in Cleveland Stadium for a long time, but the biggest comeback was against Tennessee. Oh no, kidding! They were, and my wife and I are watching the game, and she is like, "I got to go watch somewhere else because she, what's going on?" And this and I go, "Man, I can't sit here." Right, that's so, tough. Anyway, so they're losing at halftime, and they come back to win. And the funny thing about that, and you know, when we talk about something else, I did a project for a woman. Who was at that game? She goes, oh, I go, yeah, my son was a quarterback for the Browns. Oh, really? You know, <laughs> but yeah, that was, you know, we had some great moments there, you know, and and, yeah. and things like that. So it was a, a good time, you know, here in Cleveland. But you know, I didn't see him much because he was concentrating on. He's got a family, he had, you know, a little boy and a little girl, and so he would four thirty in the morning or whatever. He, he knew, like the people ask him. Well, I know the way to Berea, so that wasn't a problem, you know, and, you know, late night watching film and all that. But, yeah, we had some good times there. Yeah. Tailgating was pretty good, too. And, of course, you went to a couple of Super Bowls. I went to two Super Bowls. That must have been a blast. Well, it's really an interesting process. I mean, you know, the whole thing for a city, it's a, you know, it's almost a two-week event, you Mm -hmm. know, when they start having events. And the first one we went to was in Indianapolis. Right. And, you know, we sat up in the top, you know, because the tickets were 800 bucks. Right. You know, Brian, Brian got them. Wow. Oh, good. And so we drove in there the day before because my brother-in-law lives in Indianapolis, you know. And they shut off a bunch of streets and the whole deal. And it's a big event, you know, because it's really a corporate thing because a lot of the seats are corporate. You know, that each team gets so and so many. Came close to winning that one, but we lost to the Giants. But the halftime show is really for television. Mm-hmm. The first one, they had Madonna play. And all of a sudden, halftime, you know, and they're putting the stage together and all that. And you're seeing it all up there from wherever. And then the next one was in Minnesota, and Justin Timberlake was playing in that one. You know, so that was, again, you see that whole thing go on. But, you know, it's an exciting thing, but it's not cheap. You know, it's yeah. it's a big deal, you know, so. Well, you got to be proud of him. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, he's, had a, he's had a long career already. And I always joke around, it's a seasonal kind of job you know but it's gone on it's hard to believe those times have gone you know go quickly and the other kids have always they've always gotten along and and all of a sudden you got a guy who's got big profile my youngest son was quarterback for ignatius and my my middle son was a defensive guy brett was a second son so he was his brother's in college when he's playing high school ball well matt when he started quarterback for ignatius actually his first game was at the stadium against lake catholic and so when Matt is playing quarterback, his brother's in the NFL. You know, so you have a, you know, comparisons and all that. But yeah. what was really neat that year, the Patriots came here and played here in Cleveland. 
and the older brother's asking the younger brother, now where's the 30-second clock and where's this and that, you know, so it was kind of neat, you know, to see all that, so. Right after the draft, he went with the Patriots, but isn't he with the Patriots now, still? Yeah, he was there for a couple years and then he got released. Oh, okay, and that's when he went to the Browns? (laughs) You know, the NFL is a business. They had a guy named Tom Brady, right? Mm-hmm. And Brian was in a is a was supposed to get a big increase in his salary, but when you're playing behind Tom Brady, you don't play, <laughs> you know. So yeah. So, but the money is used by Belichick to you know it's like okay, we'll get another guy who's a little bit less expensive as long as we think he can back him up. You know, Belichick can use that money for a different position player. Right. Yeah. So Brian gets released and you know is out of work for a while and. All of a sudden gets a call, Dad, Pittsburgh called. I'm going to go sign with the Steelers. Oh. And the, and the first game. Did you hang a, up on him? No, <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. No. I'm just happy he had a job again. You know, yeah, so right. uh, oh, his first game with the Steelers, you know where it was? Cleveland Stadium. Oh, my God. Against the Browns. <laughs> and he was starting? No, no, he was a backup. backup you know? But okay. I mean, you know, so right. we don't have any Steelers thing, you know, and I don't, you know, you're happy your kids got a job with some teams. So right. You get on, yeah. So. And so we're wearing all black. And one of the neighbors had, was from Pittsburgh, had a terrible towel. That's one of the things that they wave. So they give the towel to my daughter, who's 12 years old at the time or something like that. And we go down there and the Steelers come out and she's waving the towel. And some Browns, woman fan late 30s early 40s put that effing towel away oh you know? no like, oh, well no. there you go yeah, yeah. You know, but yeah. uh Gosh. yeah but the Steelers won that game so anyway but yeah. you know so then he went from there that whole season he went from there to arizona they released him and they went to arizona and started his actually first game at san francisco and wow. then the following year got released and came to the browns Oh, my gosh. Okay. So then after the Browns. Went to Houston. Okay. Oh, my gosh. And then went to Chicago. Well, you know, it's it's an interesting thing because sometimes the owners don't know what they're doing because he was in Houston. They went to the playoffs. No. I couldn't (laughs) imagine. (laughs) Other owners, you know. Oh, yeah. And and they sign. The owner gets involved down in Houston and sign a guy named Brock Osweiler. Oh, yeah. Who struggled at Houston and then came to the Browns and is out of the league now. Yeah. So, and then he ended up going to San Francisco and they traded him back to the Patriots. So he's been with the Patriots a couple times. Oh, he's had a lot of experience with all the other teams. He has. That's so cool. Well, they, you know, the funny thing is now and towards the end of his career, I don't know how long it's going to go. He said he liked to play 15 years, but up in New England, Josh McDaniels, who is now the head coach of Las Vegas, he's from Canton McKinley. And so he became the head coach, and there was a bunch of offensive coaches that went with him to Las Vegas. So the guy that probably knows the Patriots offense the best is Brian, because he's been with different coaches. Mm-hmm. And the media up there goes, um, so Brian, are you going to coach when you retire? And he goes, no, I think my wife would leave me if I took a job for more hours and less pay. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But it was interesting, because, he, you know, I read some just recently. You know, he doesn't want to miss out on his kids. His son is 10. His mm-hmm. daughter's yeah. 8. His son's playing baseball and football now. His daughter's in the horseback riding and yeah. stuff like that. You know, yeah. he wants to enjoy their lives and not miss out on them. That's but, great. Yeah, it's been interesting. And you've regard. probably been to every city that has a football team. And well, I've been it. to a lot. You know, yeah. let's put it that way. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I mean, if he wasn't playing, well, I've been there 
and when the other guy was playing quarterback, Tom Brady, and they lost to the Colts or something to Peyton Manning. And man, I tell you, the fans are ruthless all over the NFL. You right. Know? And if you're the losing team, look out. You know, so yeah. there's nothing better than football in terms of a whole day experience or something like that because. Right. You know, especially if you're tailgating and the families get involved and, you know, you live and die with your kids anyway, but you have a sense of community that can last in long-time friendships. I was up at Michigan State a couple weeks ago and saw some people that were there when we were there, you know, and it was great to catch up with them and all that kind of stuff. And so it's one of those kind of things where if you want to go and participate, it's a great thing, you know, mm-hmm. and you see your kids grow up and all. I mean, I see guys now, I can't even believe how old they are, you know, but right. you had those, you shared those experiences, you know, with the ups and downs of games and, and it's the fall and the weather's great, you know, oh, it's, it's a great worse, oh, you know, but, yeah. but it's yeah. a lot of fun. I wanted to mention real quick, you have a son-in-law who's the batting coach for the Guardians. Yeah. What a guy, year they're having. Well, sports has not stopped in our house. I was going to say, you attract it like a magnet. <laughs> well, you know, and obviously, you know, when when your son's in the NFL a long time, you know, it's a big topic. But before we get to Justin, my son Brett works for a company called Pioneer Athletics. They're located in west part of Cleveland. And what they do, and he what he does, he sells field paint. So the paint that's on the fields that you see in all these football stadiums and stuff like that, they produce that, and they've got customers all over. So wow. he lives in Jacksonville, and and he you know he does some colleges and stuff like that there. Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville, yeah. Florida. Uh-huh. And then my son Matt, he works here in town, and he sells commercial real estate software. But he's a JV pitching coach mm-hmm. at Ignatius. And then my daughter. Mm-hmm. She is busy this week because she's the marketing and communications director for the Akron Marathon. Mm-hmm. Wow. And her husband is a hitting coach with the Cleveland Guardians. Wow. And they are having an outstanding, fun season. And what a great young team to be a part of. Now, he goes, it's stressful. I go, well, I get it. You know, I don't ask him, well, how come so-and-so is not hitting? <laughs> or right. Something like yeah. That. Yeah. right. <laughs> but, you know, it's like. We still got stuff going on, you know. It's kind of like, well, we fit the rest of our lives in in between. Yeah, <laughs> it's incredible. Wow. Well, it's interesting, you know. We uh, normally talk about RVing and camping and going places right. and traveling. Uh-huh. You came up with an idea for a business that you run now that actually benefits people who maybe sell their homes or they downsize or they're going to live in an RV. What do you do with all your photos, your videos, and all of that technology from yesteryear? You have a solution for it, don't you? Well, it all started, I guess, through football, you know, because we would record the tapes and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, the DVD players come along and recorders come along. And then that's obviously progressed to digital and USB and all that stuff. But I would tape all of Brian's games and put them on a DVD, and then we would kind of sell them, like I said before, to parents. Right. And then one day someone says, Axel, can you do our wedding video? I go, well, sure. That started. All of a sudden I was doing personal uh, VHS tapes and other kind of tapes and recording them. I did a project for somebody, and I came over to deliver it to them, and the wife answers the door, and I said, Happy birthday, cha-cha-cha. <laughs> and she looks at me, and she was a friend of ours, and she goes, Axel, what's wrong with you? 
<laughs> I go, well, that's how you sing happy birthday here because I've seen all your kids' birthday parties. <laughs> you know, because I have, you know, I have a bank of, you know, uh, media and I was recording them and all that. Right. And at this, you know, so the, the, the media transfer business was happening. And my friends would go, well, you need a name. I go, I don't know, what am I going to call it? I don't know what to call it, you know? And so when I dropped off those tapes, they sent me a text a couple weeks later and they watched it at Easter. Because a lot of times, you you know, you might have made a tape, you might have watched it right then, and you never watch it again. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And maybe time, you know, the kids are small, they never see them again. No. So anyway, uh, I got a text from them. They go, Axel, we really enjoyed the tape. And I go, enjoy, enjoy. So I came up with this name, Enjoy Again, because mm-hmm. that's what happens. Oh, you know, when yeah. you see all your memories from the past on tape or film or whatever and share it with your family. You know, there's different, the people that made the tapes and then the people that are in the tapes and the kids that were in the tapes but never watched the tapes. You know, so what happened was we started this thing called Enjoy Again. That's which, a great name. Which transfers, transfers you know, the videos, mm-hmm. you know, and any kind of video to, you know, DVD and then USB. And so no one gets rid of that stuff, right? Right. It might be stuck in a closet. Your VCR may not work. Or, you know, as the tapes got smaller, the cameras needed to be hooked up, you know, right. with the wires and all that kind of stuff. And nobody gets rid of that stuff. But they also don't know what to do with it. Exactly. You know, and I'm not the only one. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of people who do that. But, you know, we transfer those memories onto DVD and, and USB. And they go, what should we do with our tapes? I go, that's not my jurisdiction. You know, right. I'm German. I keep everything. You know what yeah, right. I mean? But I mean, <laughs> but I mean, you know, then they can decide what they want to do. And then they, it makes great gifts. And, you know, you run into, all, you know, weddings and, and sports. And my favorite is doing the films, the old Super 8 and 8 millimeter films, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that's even harder to convert because it's all. It, it flips yeah, around. You, you, you know, you can buy stuff to kind of do it on your own. But I mean. And that's what happened. And so, you know, when you mentioned the RV thing, I'm looking at this beautiful place here, but there's not a lot of storage. No. Mm-hmm. Or there's enough storage. Right. How do you watch them all? Well, hey, was, you know, what's interesting is people say, we watch them all weekend long, you know, or whatever the case may be. You know, well, if you have them on a USB or a DVD player or something, you pop it in there, you can watch it. And whether you're at home or here, you know, or, or traveling, but you don't lose out on that or have to keep it in storage or something right. like that. So, you and know, of course, you can access it off the internet now. Well, there's some, we have a cloud service where right. we can upload that and you can always watch it there. So, mm-hmm. you guys know, you've been doing this for a while as to what it was like to be able to go in the closet and get something else, or now you don't. You right. Know? right. And, and then at the same point in time, it's kind of like, well, what do you do with all those things? And even yeah. pictures, we do pictures, you know, and that's a whole process too. I mean, I've been given, you know, storage toes full of them, you know, and yeah. put them all on there. And so it's... I bet you you have seen a lot of really interesting stuff. <laughs> I've seen a lot of interesting stuff. I've seen Jeff and Flash on well, various <laughs> TV shows and not even not even your tapes, you know, but other people's like uh-huh. and Robin Swoboda and local news and stuff, you know, because people record things mm-hmm. and next you know they leave it on and, and you're seeing some old stuff. I, yeah. you know, I just mentioned before. I was cleaning up a, a hard drive, and I did. I saw Michael Stanley and Jan Jones. Wow! You know, those are all. You know, you see all kinds of stuff like that. And you've also seen babies being born, right? I've seen babies being born. <laughs> oh my! Maybe God. more. Maybe more so than I ever thought. <laughs> more than the doctor. Yeah. You know, I've, I've been fortunate enough. People say, "Well, have you ever seen any 
intimate stuff. I go, well, I've been pretty lucky in that regard. But what I have seen is babies being born. Wow. <laughs> There's different angles and stuff like that. But yeah. one guy, one guy, you know, I got a tape and I'm putting it in there. And I'm running a bunch of them. I'm running like, you know, 10 at, all at the same time. And he sets up his camera in the delivery room. And the camera's pointed at ground zero. Oh, no. <laughs> and I kind of, I go, what is going on? And it's all happening. You wow. know, it's like, oh, oh my God. You wow. Know? So I'm just waiting for the blue screen. You know, it's like, okay, well, you know, oh, the blue screen done and, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. He was a guy, he was actually in St. Louis, and, and uh, I sent him the package. You know, we put it in a binder. We got all these things in there. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I sent it to him. And he goes, oh, Axel, it's great. We loved everything. And my wife never wants to meet you. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, well, I, I understand. You know? Yeah, so, right. But yeah, no, it's, oh. it's been interesting in that regard. And then there's other stories. Like uh, one day I picked up some film from a guy out here in Sullivan, Ohio, which is south of Wellington or something mm-hmm. like that. He goes, uh, yeah, my dad was a captain of a nuclear submarine. Wow. And uh, there's some film of these people. He's on a ship, and I see these people, and they're being brought on the ship. And then I tell the guy, I go, yeah, you know, there was this film when he was on a ship. And he goes, the only time my dad was on a ship was in the Vietnam War. The war was ending, and they were in Saigon Harbor, and they were picking up refugees. Wow. You know, oh, my people. gosh. And there was a boat, right? The, the evacuation, boat, yeah. Evacuation. Yeah. And the guy had his, you know, a, you know, Vietnamese sailor or whatever, had his family, and they took him on the boat. Well, I was watching the news one Saturday, and they had this thing about American Vietnamese or Vietnamese American who became the first captain in the U.S. Navy. Wow. It was that kid on that film. You're kidding oh, me. My. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just, I, and I told the guy, I said, you know, I saw this story about this on ABC News. He goes, that was my dad. It was amazing, you yeah. know. So and so cool. there, you know, there's all kinds of stuff, you know. Yeah. And, and that, that's one of the stories that stands out, you know. It's just, you know, you never know what people want, but there's all kinds of things that you see that are important to people, and and uh, we've been fortunate enough to do that, you know. So. On that note, I know you also have another business. You do uh, exporting of <laughs> German foods. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll segue tailgating and tapes into mustard, German right. mustard. Yes. yes. German Which mustard. is what I kind of sell all over the United States. What happened was, and I brought you some samples there, because, you know, I think a lot of these things, you could, you know, when you're traveling, I think they don't take up a lot of space and you can enjoy it again. (laughs) Yes. But I stumbled into this thing about somebody wanted German chocolate. And I go, well, you can get it there. Well, do they ship? No, they don't ship. I go, hmm, maybe I can ship. Aha. And so I also have a, a symptom that I call MTS. I have multitasking syndrome. Mm-hmm. And so when you're doing the tapes or the films, right? I mean, I have, you stopped in the office one mm-hmm. time and I got yep, 40 recording stations. Yeah. You know, when they got that going on. And I stumbled into this thing about, you know, not only German chocolate, but coffee and all kinds of seasonings and, and things like that. And bread. Yep. You know, I go, well, let's see. While that's going on, I could be shipping out packages of German product. Yeah. And so it's called HoyerImport.com. That's amazing. And, you know, it went from chocolates to 275 items. This is amazing. The big thing is rye bread. I get rye bread from Canada mm-hmm. every Wednesday, and we ship them out. I ship from New Hampshire 
to Florida, to Alaska. Wow. <laughs> so we added that whole thing. And then the mustard, like I brought you those little mustards that when we tailgated, you know, I did a lot of bratwurst, you know. We have this mustard, and it comes in a tube. And people go, Axel, what's this, toothpaste? I go, no, it's mustard, you know. And, and they would ask continually. I mean, we got 10 games. They're asking the same question every week. Right. You know? yeah. It's like, come on, when are you going to get on this? You know, I also noticed from tailgating, especially – you know, when Brian was here with the Browns, I'm there at 5 o'clock in the morning yes. at the at the uh, Port of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I came up with the Brat Burger. Oh. And it was, I got the meat from my vendor at the West Side Market, just, you know, not in, you know, in cases, just raw. Mm-hmm. And I put a little breadcrumbs, mm-hmm. give it a little bonding. Yeah. And I grill it up to, like, golden brown. And then before it, I would grill in some of this German mustard and put Munster cheese on it. Oh, and then my there's gosh. a bakery that I get German rolls from. Wow. You would think I'm Michael Simon. You know, they go, oh, Axel, these are great. Man, can we have some more? You know, I would do 10 pounds of these things. That sounds And, you know, great. they're all, you know, you got to make them. But, yeah. You know, was, Axel Lagasse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and it's, it was fun. You know, oh, but, how you know, fun. All but, that kind of thing happened. I mean, we had at our tailgates, because Brian was with the Browns, you know, we probably had 200 people every week. Gosh. You know, and they would bring different things. And, you know, it was people. It was a good time. Oh, my god! But, yeah, all that, you know, but like I said, uh, you know, when you're out there camping around and you're grilling or something, you got to try some of that stuff. I brought Absolutely. you all kinds of bread, you yep. know. And, I'm going to make and, brat burgers. Well, yeah. Hello. <laughs> I'll get the recipe before he leaves. Well, yeah, you know, it, it was bratwurst. Italian sausage, kielbasa, and all. It's oh, just a yes. matter of what you put in it. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. This works, and that's all we're staying yeah, with. You know? Right. Well, I'll tell wow. you, I want to thank you very much thank for your you time. Thank you so much. It's been awesome talking with yeah. you. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm humbled to be here, and it's a beautiful place here. And, and uh, Our 38-foot, one-bedroom apartment. Yeah. yeah. On wheels. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. You know, let me be here. And there you have our good friend, Axel Hoyer. Oh, that was so interesting. I enjoyed hearing that. Now, we have all the links below in the description on where to find Enjoy Again. He came up with a great way to organize and save all your old films, videos, photos. Mm -hmm. Also, Hoyer Imports for German food. Well, we're out of time for another week. Hey, I've got a great idea. What's that? I'm thinking that we have to go to a game and take part in some tailgating. Oh, I'll tell you what. We should take our RV. Wouldn't that be fun? (laughs) What? No way. Are you kidding? Yeah. Everybody would want to come in and use the bathroom. Oh, come on. That's terrible. That's gross. That's not that bad. No. It's the Rockin' the RV Life podcast with Jeff and Patty. Hear more of their adventures on the road with our next episode. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and tell your friends.